Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Happy Labor Day. And thanks for listening to this special Best of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. Happy Labor Day, and welcome to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot, Carmen's producer, and since it's Labor Day, the final holiday of the summer months, hopefully like you, Carmen and I are enjoying time with our families before we get back to work and all that. But we hope you stay with us because we have some great conversations that we had over the last couple of months that we want you to hear again. First, though, where in the word are you on this Labor Day? Lately, my wife and I have been in the books of First and Second Thessalonians, so we're in the practice of reading through a book several times over the course of several weeks. It's an interesting way to hear the context of many familiar verses, plus hearing them in the context of what was written overall. It's a great way to hear the heart of the Scripture writers. In this this case, Paul is writing a second time in Second Thessalonians to this fledgling church that has been proving itself faithful amid great persecution. The idea of work is prominent. It was being reported to Paul that some of the members of the church had stopped working. Maybe they felt that since people should be gracious, they didn't have to work to take care of their needs as best they can. To make matters worse, they were becoming busybodies, interfering in the lives of others. Many people have heard 2 Thessalonians 3.10, where Paul reiterates a rule he gave them when he was with them. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Now, many times this verse is used in the context of our political and social discourse as a stern rebuke of sorts, something harsh. But in the context of the chapter and book, Paul was being anything but harsh. His concern was for the welfare of the community as well as for the idle individual who seems to have gotten tired of doing good. He put it in the context of how he lived among them during his time with them, where although as an apostle he had the right to ask them to provide for his physical needs while he tended to their spiritual ones, he worked to provide his own physical needs even while preaching the gospel. He tried to show them how to live. He calls that to mind for the church in verses 14 and 15, where he calls the church not to put up with those who choose to be idle. But then Paul adds, yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Paul calls us to be concerned for the wayward brother or sister and treat them firmly but lovingly. Like all the commands of Scripture, if we throw them around with no love or genuine concern, then we are taking them out of the context of the gospel and God's intent. Stay with us this hour. Coming up in the second half, as our country is being increasingly polarized, there are some who are working to be peacemakers and bridge builders. We've talked with organizations like Braver Angels that seek to de-escalate the tensions in our country. Another such group is led by John Kingston, and we'll talk to him later. As Mornings with Carmen continues in just a moment, maybe you have the perception that our kids are emotionally fragile. How do we build up their resiliency, not only emotionally, but also spiritually? We'll hear a great conversation with Valerie Bell of the youth ministry, Awana, and how they're changing the way they do ministry to help your children be more resilient. That's next as Mornings with Carmen continues on Faith Radio. 
Joining me now uh, is Valerie Bell. You uh, you may know her as the head of Awana. She's joining me today as um, one of the ambassadors of a movement that I will uh, describe as seeking to radically transform the way that we engage children in the church. The book is Resilient, Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Valerie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. It's great to be here. Um, So first of all, we're not going to stop loving kids. We're not going to stop teaching them to sing Jesus Loves Me or to feel that the church is the most joyful, welcoming place in the world, but we are going to begin engaging them in a way that recognizes the world into which they are going to emerge as adults is is hostile and that they need to be prepared as resilient disciples. Do I about have the gist of it? You are, I'm sending you on the road. You have got it. <laughs> you know, you I'm not allowed to go on the road. So, this, so we just do it this way. We just do it via the radio. We take the, we take it That's everywhere. Right. That's right. Well, you have it. We looked ahead at the trends in this culture uh, all the way to 2050 when this generation who are young now and in our church uh, programs will be adults. And we began to ask ourselves a lot of self-examining questions at Awana. I mean, we're still fun. (laughs) We still have a lot of kid uh, things going on. But uh, we asked ourselves, are we actually preparing them to be resilient disciples for 2050? Will they be prepared to not only lead the church, but influence the culture? And are we giving them things that will travel into their adult years as more than and spiritual entertainment when we got together at church and had a great time. And so uh, we began to ask ourselves that questions. We began to do assessment in the Kidman world because I believe that the future, not only the future of the church, but what's happening now uh, in the church could be highly impacted from the people who become alive and become on fire who are leaders in the kids' men wing or in the basement of the church, I think we have potential uh, for revival there. Just like in the uh, history of revivals, you read them, and it was the older women down on their knees who prayed in these revivals. So um, we are very, very interested in how we are approaching kids now. It makes a difference. So let me just go ahead and direct our listeners to ResilientDisciples.com, ResilientDisciples.com. That's where you're going to get information about what we're talking about today. The book is Resilient, Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Um, It's broken down into three parts. The why, where you really do help us see the church of 2050. The what, how we're going to shift our focus to disciple making. And the how, uh, build how to build a proven child discipleship philosophy. Um, Let's start with the why, and you've got a couple of provocative chapter titles. Um, Chapter three is entitled, Thank You, Bernie Sanders. Wait, what? (laughs) I just, you know, I just had to call it something that would make you read it. (laughs) (laughs) It does go and look, look at some of the trends that are happening in government kind of behind closed doors. And so uh, we have this situation where Bernie Sanders was interviewing a Christian man for a job that needed Senate approval. 
And he asked this Christian guy, you know, do you believe this is his, these questions are not even actually legal, but he said, do you believe that people like uh, Muslims who don't believe in Jesus are condemned? And uh, this man who was being interviewed stumbled to try, he was not expecting that question. He stumbled to try to explain what condemned might mean scripturally. Uh, Sanders, uh, Bernie Sanders interrupted him and said, do you believe the same is true of Jews? Now, we looked at that and we we didn't say, oh, one political party is worse than the other. That's not the point here at all. This is not a political statement. But what we saw was the growing hostility towards Orthodox Christianity. And we said, we need to prepare our kids to be able to answer questions like that. Bernie Sanders concluded that interview by saying, this man is not what our government should be about. So we saw in that this tendency for the secular culture to start sidelining Christian thought, to uh, silence us, to keep us out of places of influence. And we said, we're going to train our kids how to be prepared for questions like that. And so what we have talked about with our kids, and I know I'm getting into the how here, but is spine and heart. If they were in that interview, we would say to them, you know, tell Bernie Sanders everything you can think of that you appreciate about him. Uh, so you could start out by saying, I appreciate your heart for the underdog, for people who are without. I see a great passionate compassion for the world there. And I affirm that. But let me tell you what the most passionate person who ever walked the face of the earth said in scripture about believing and coming, how we come to God, and that he is not willing that any should perish. Okay, so now we, we bring in the heart. God, God is not willing that any should perish. That is not God's plan. That is by choice. Anyway, uh, so we began to work on these kinds of conversations that not only keep us in the conversation, but allow us to win favor. So at the end of those conversations, they don't say, hey, these Christians are people we don't think the government should be about. But they say, hey, these Christians, we need more of their compassionate heart in our government and in our places of influence. So I am talking with Valerie Bell. She heads up Awana, um, which may be the the largest and most significant kids ministry. It's got a seventy year history. Um, uh, you know, I, when I think of Awana, I think of um, Bible memory. Um, I think of you know of training kids to know the scriptures, which is is still. I mean, scripture memory is still um, you know sort of the number one indicator. If 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 I'm in the word and the word is in me, there is a greater likelihood that I am at least going to um, have that resource to draw upon in the future. But what I hear you saying is that is not enough um, because the culture into which these children are then going to emerge as young adults and ultimately adults, um, the, the culture has shifted to the point where the environment is so hostile um, that it's no longer sufficient to simply have the resource. They have to they have to be trained in how to use it. They have to be disciples, not just uh, vaults of of scripture memory. Yes. So one of the things that how we describe resilience is this 
it's this elasticity. It's a spiritual elasticity. Uh, it's a resistant strength to bend and flex and not break against the weight of culture. Mm. And what we're saying there is not only do we need the scripture. In fact, that's one of the major legs on the stool of uh, discipleship, identity with Christ. That's Bible engagement is just huge. And we can talk about why it's so very, very huge. But it is in this time, uh, naive of us to think if we don't point out the fallacies of the culture to our kids, uh, they are not going to be able to pull up a Bible verse and say, "Hmm, this is what scripture says about this. They need help to see how this scripture works in the world in which they have to live. All right. uh, Valerie and I are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, more from Resilient Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. You can check it out at Resilient disciples.com. We'll be right back. It is Taste and See Tuesday, and we are seeking to taste and see that the Lord is good. And my guest, Valerie Bell, apparently has a peach pie in the oven. Um, And so not only is the faith that we share pie in the sky, it's the potential of pie right now. Yeah, they said uh, to me, don't worry, we heard the clock chiming, you know, it's okay, it's real life, and I'm going, but you might notice if I run to my kitchen and pull a peach pie out, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm not no, going to do that. No, we would want, because then we would want, like, smell vision the smell vision <laughs> version of radio. I'm a little bit, I'm just a little bit jealous right now. That's funny. That's funny. <sighs> All right, so let's... um. Let's continue our conversation again. I'm talking with Valerie Bell. She heads up Awana. We're talking about how we're going to develop spiritual resilience in our kids. ResilientDisciples.com is the website. Resilient is the book. Um, Valerie, let's talk about this. Uh, I don't know. Is it a is it a syllogism? Um, I'm I'm thinking here of the three B words. Um, yes. Uh, and so so talk with us about that. Okay, so uh, we just left the why, and uh, we're basically saying we're trying to raise up a generation of Issachars. There's that fabulous Mm. verse that describes this tribe of David, and uh, everybody else is listed by numbers. And they are listed by this uh, definition. They were men and women who understood the times and knew what to do. So before we pass out of the why, I want to just say we need to understand the times and listen to the voices who know what to do. That's another thing completely. Okay, so then we've got these three B's, and these are aids to help us understand what what actually discipleship is. So uh, we did surveys of thousands of churches and uh, youth workers, kid men people, and we asked them, do you know if you are creating disciples? And over half of them weren't sure. And it's you know possible that we are going through a lot of things that are not actually creating disciples. So these three B's are the the legs on the stool of discipleship: belong, believe, become. Belong, believe, become. And those three, when they are present together, uh, build this identity in Christ, which we call discipleship. So. Belong. So what reson- well, so what resonates with me there is, you know, we have talked, I'm thinking here about conversations I've had with Kara Powell from the Fuller Youth Institute, oh, yes. right, about identity, belonging, and purpose, that, that young people are basically seeking the answers to those three questions, identity, belonging, and purpose. And so 
um, that that's that is covered here. You know, who am I? Where do I fit? And what in the world am I in the world to do? I mean, that is what you are addressing. And so I just wanted to highlight for our audience, there's a lot of alignment here um, with all of the best research that's out there today uh, in terms of this conversation that we're having about resilient discipleship with kids. Yeah, thank you, Carmen. Yeah, th- these put words on uh, things that have been happening and actually we hope to be happening. So this belong, This uh, we have a generation of kids who are screen disciples. They are finding their identity digitally. They, they figure out how they think and what they wear and what group they belong to from the internet. And so we are looking at this belonging and saying the church has this tremendous uh, need to not only run programs and herd 100 or so kids through the church doors every middle of the week or on the weekends, but these children need to be known. And they need to have the access to an older person of faith who cares about them. And that is so important. The UN, there's so much data on this now. This is coming from all sectors of the world culture. But if a child has a loving, caring adult, is what we call it, a loving, caring adult in their lives, they are able to uh, mitigate all the other circumstances around them. And when it comes to faith, to have access to a personal close relationship with an adult who is walking in faith, this child then has the opportunity to see how faith works and to kind of grow in the soil of that older adult's uh, life, faith life. So Kara Powell talks about this in Sticky Faith, and she refers to it as five adults. There are five people who will come alongside, you know. I, I, I would just be so very glad if it was one person, if I was a parent trying to raise a child today, if one other adult took interest in my child and, and spiritually guided them, I would be so thrilled. And so that's belong. Um, this this gets into a conversation about the curriculum is not something that's printed on the page or something that I go by. Um, I am the curriculum. I mean, as a mature disciple of Jesus Christ, when I engage with young people, when I engage with the kids in my own house and their friends and the children at my church and the children in the community in which I live, I am the curriculum. That is really what I you're getting that. at. I love that. I'm, I'm going to borrow that. You can have it. It's all free. I mean, someone else, I, everything I have is stolen from someone. Well, you know, Awana had been around, we were around, we've been around for 70 years and we have these handbooks and we had trained our people that those handbooks have to be completed. And um, I began to say child before curriculum, maybe in West Stafford, uh, former um, CEO at Compassion is on our board now. And he said, maybe it's important some weeks that instead of getting that blank checked off that you memorize that scripture for the week, an adult, that loving, caring adult would write in there, I'm so glad you came. We love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I just love you know, it. We, this program is after relationship. So belong. You know, and it's interesting. The next is believe. And I think, you know, in former times, churches very often would portray the message, you don't really belong until you believe. <laughs> and uh, that's club membership. And that's really not what I see in scripture. It's, you know, you come in any shape, any form, any any kind of situation, and we will we will pour belonging on you to lead you to believe. 
Absolutely. All right. Um, We're going to have to leave it right there. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I hope that we can just go ahead and convince you to come back and talk more with us about this. I would love to. Yeah, I just, Valerie Bell, what a joy to meet you, even in this way. Um, uh, one day, I uh, I aspire now to sit in your kitchen and share peach pie. Um, <laughs> until then, we're going to uh, send people to resilientdisciples.com. The book is Resilient Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Valerie, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, thank you so much. You are the best. Thank you. Well, well. I was, I was, uh, I have those, I've had those people, right? My, my person of influence when I was a young teenager, I mean, her name is Kathy Connor and I would point at her and I would say, she's the Christian adult outside of my own home um, who poured into me in a way that uh, helped me become the disciple I am today. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a living testimony. I'm a living testimony to the research that you are, uh, that you're proving out. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Love Thank you so yeah, much, let's Valerie. Let's talk again sometime. I'd love to do Let's that. do it. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be right ya. back. Bye. Bye-bye. This is a special Best of Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio for this Labor Day Monday. I'm her producer, Paul Perot, and if I counted right... We are 86 days away from the 2020 general election. Now, the tenor of our politics has become increasingly divisive and hostile. Our next guest would argue this hostility is attacking the soul of America. While as Christians, we may be led to favor certain policies, how we engage in the discourse is also important. After all, we are called to be peacemakers. John Kingston talked with Carmen in late July. He's the author of a new book called American Awakening. We're giving away some copies, so to be eligible to win, please text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Just the word BOOK. Carmen's conversation comes your way in five minutes. Thanks for listening this Labor Day Monday morning to Faith Radio. probably needs a little introduction for most people. I'm going to simply introduce him right now so he and I can get talking. I'm going to introduce him as the author of American Awakening, Eight Principles to Restore the Soul of America. John, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. It's so great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on, and hello to all your listeners. So I could have introduced you, um, and it would have taken our entire time together to, uh, you know, to rattle off um, all of your really extraordinary life experiences. Um, talk with us about this project, not just the book, but the larger project in which uh, you find yourself engaged. Yeah. So, so I ran for office in uh, 2017, 2018, as uh, running for United States Senate in Massachusetts. And, and what I found out there, uh, Carmen, was was just so much um, uh, fear and pain um, and, and sense of, of uh, uh, things uh, being out of control in people's lives. This is 2017, 2018, um, you know, which seems like ancient history now, to, uh, given everything that's happened since. And, and I realized that, that the, the issues that we, were, that we were wrestling with as a country 
we're, we're not fundamentally um, public square or political issues, although we all talk about them in those terms, like why can't we all be civil with one another? More fundamentally, it was a spiritual uh, set of issues. It was, it was about uh, who we're supposed to be as people, um, you know, as children of God, uh, made in God's image, um, e- individually, collectively, and, and how to help everybody rewire who they actually are and that we are indeed better together. Uh, and, and so out of that came the, the American Awakening idea. Two years ago, we launched it, um, you know, a concept of spiritual awakening together in America. Um, I heard the lead into the, this, this, the, uh, my, the uh, little segment we're on right now, and it was uh, for King and Country uh, with Tori Kelly and, and uh, Kirk Franklin. And um, as, as I think you know, we, we, we had a concert last night, which is re- being replayed tonight, where for King and Country, um, you know, was with us um, doing that song. Um, you know, along with Lecrae and, and, and uh, Jonathan McReynolds and um, Crowder and, and others. And, and, and you know, the, the idea is it's not uh, writing a book is great. Um, you know, we all need words to put to, to what the moment is. Um, but, but we also need art and symbols and, and ways that, that, you know, people are actually demonstrating what it is to be children of God, um, people of faith together um, in this terrible, terrible moment that we live in in America right now. Um, let me just uh, in, in, invite our listeners, if you want to actually watch the entire Better Together concert from last night, it is available on YouTube. American Awakening, uh, Better Together, those would be the things on YouTube that you would search and it will come up and it's an hour and 36 minutes of really great content that introduces you um, and invites you in and is very, very compelling. So that event Thank was you. last night. The book launched yesterday. Um, American Awakening: Eight Principles to Restore the Soul of America. Um, John, I wanna um, I wanna walk through the eight principles, but we're gonna do that after the break. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this before the break. Um, wh- why do we need to remember, and what do we need to remember, or what is the cost of forgetting? Oh boy, yeah. I mean, look, we we are people, um, and, and I know you do this on your show all the time. We are people. That, that are, are children of God. I mean, we, we are made in, in God's image. And, and if, if we forget that each one of us are made in God's image, put on the planet for purpose and meaning and significance, and that we are, you know, when I say each one of us are made in God's image, that means you're made in God's image. I'm in made, made in God's image. And Paul, who was, you know, the producer I just talked to a minute ago is as well, and our deepest enemy and, and the, the other side of the political divide, whatever that might mean in, in American discourse to you, is also made in God's image. And, and so so if, if we don't if, if we don't recall that, that that's the fundamental of who we are as people. And that's who who we are, citizens of the republic. I mean, the idea of all are created equal. Those wonderful words in our founding documents, 244 years ago, are are premised on this Christian, not this remarkable Judeo-Christian idea that God made us all. So therefore, you know, the the idea of like having um, some people that are you know fundamentally uh, unequal from each other and 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 the republic, that's wrong. Uh, that was that was an amazing um, launch principle um, back in the day. And if we're not in touch with that and wrestling with that, then we're not going to be able to take on things like coronavirus or, or our national debt or, or climate change or defending ourselves against other nations. We're not going to be able to take on any of that uh, because we've, we've lost our fundamental anchoring principle of who we are as people. 
So I guarantee you, John, there's people listening right now who are saying, why doesn't he run for president? And then in the next like and I'm not asking you this question, but but people will ask in the next breath, breath is he red or blue? And I yeah. think that because we are so fixated on that one question and we imagine that that one dividing line is the you know necessary litmus litmus test of whether or not, um, you know, somebody is is worthy of our attention um, and coming alongside. I do think that this one division among us as a people is, is sort of critically right now, at least, you know, at the core of um, of our failure to function. I mean, just to yeah. even basically function. And so um, when we come back, would love for you to walk around in the eight principles to restore the soul of America. Um, we're not obviously giving the whole book away uh, today, but we're really encouraging you guys to check it out. The book is American Awakening, Eight Principles to Restore the Soul of America. John Kingston is the author, and he and I will be right back. Continuing my conversation with John Kingston, we're talking about the book that just uh, launched yesterday, American Awakening, Eight Principles to Restore the Soul of America, also the Better Together Project. Um, John, talk with us about the eight principles. Sure. And, and if, I, if, I, if I may, I'm just going to go back to a, a point that you made right before we, we cut away for a break. And you said, well, you know, gosh, um, people say, well, well, is he red? Is he blue? Is he, you know, and, and, and I, I totally hear you. And that is exactly uh, uh, one of the key fault lines in American life right now. And I will say, um, you know, to 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 you, just to il- illustrate the point I'm making. I ran as a Republican, but uh, but my team was not only my my management team on my my campaign. Uh, f- first time in American political life, best I can tell, was was not only um, black and white and Latino and Asian, but also Democrat, Independent, Green Party, uh, Libertarian. So my my management team was was all across the American spectrum. Uh, my, you know, it doesn't mean that ideas don't matter. Ideas do matter about how to govern govern ourselves. But but my my basic point is my basic approach is all of the issues that we have in America uh, are not Republican issues, they're not Democratic issues, they're not whatever issues. Um, they're they're American issues and they're people issues, and and, and we can find solutions to all of them. Uh, and and I know that wasn't the question you asked. I'm sorry, but I just I just thought to myself, you know, when, when I heard that, it's like. You know, that that is the essence of, of what we're trying to get to, uh, you know, going back to the principles, you know, you start with the basic building blocks of who we are as, as, as human beings and that we are made here for purpose and meaning and significance. If you don't know that, you don't know why you get up in the morning. And that, that may be why, why you have such a hard time, you know, getting on in civil society, because the only thing that animates you is making you mad at somebody. That's a problem. We remind people in the book that you're, you know, you're made for adversity. Um, the time, these times of coronavirus and racial reckoning, these are things we're supposed to uh, uh, redeem. God's made us to redeem the, the, the challenges these days. We're made to live together in community, which Corona and and these tough times have certainly helped us remember. Like, you know, you're if you're alone, you're not meant to be alone. You're meant to be with human beings. You're supposed to, you know, go through this life together. And then, and then finally, after we, we kind of go from the building blocks of who you are as a person, who you are in your community and with your family and others, and, and reminding us who we, who we are as, as children of God, then, then we get into the higher and more transcendent themes of American ideals and who we are across race and, and across, uh, you know, uh, tribal tribes and across uh, difference. 
Um, and, and I just, I just say one thing. I'm sorry for running on Carmen here, but I just, I just You're say fine. one more. Thing. You're fine. I just say one, keep, keep one talking, more thing man. on that point, which is just to say, because I know this is Faith Radio, that just to remind everybody that that the arc of God's creation um, runs from the beginning that we're we're made in His image, each one of us, which I said at the outset. Um, you know, and then that means everyone was made in his image and everyone is deserving of our respect um, and, and, and our love uh, to the New Testament, you know, where, where, where Paul reminds us that in, in, in the body of, of believers, you know, we're neither Jew nor Greek, you know, slave nor free. I mean, those words were like crazy radical at the time. And, and what that means is that, that today, if we're to apply them, it means that it's, it's Black Lives Matter people taking on the concerns of, of people who are make America great again, people, you know, and vice versa. Um, and, and, uh, and then on to, to revelation, you know, where, where the end of the story is that we're all together in, you know, all different voices, um, you know, from all different peoples um, around uh, the world who, who are together, uh, you know, enjoying, um, uh, you know, sort of God's presence and singing his praise. So, so my point is in all that, uh, that, 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 that this is the arc of our story. Uh, this is who we are. And, and if we forget that, we forget that at our peril. Um, and that's what we've done as a country. And that's what we've done as people of faith, too. Um, I'm sorry to, to be so declarative on that. But we've lost we've lost that basic narrative. We've lost the thread here. And, and so this book is trying to re- recall everybody that basic thread of who we are as people, what, how we're supposed to be together and where we're going and where God's taking us. What, one of the things that I just deeply appreciate about not just the book, but the entire project, um, and again, the project, I'm just going to describe it as better together. Where, where am I sending people online to uh, to most easily access the, the sort of the entirety of the Better Together project? Sure. If, if you look at AmericanAwakening.us, um, you'll see, see um, dimensions of all of our projects, our our, our daily podcasts and live streams and, and the concert and, and the book and, and, and other other dimensions of, of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, look, it, it, where, where does spiritual awakening start? It's a you know, I mean, that is a, a slightly, um, you know, rhetorical question or whatever. But, you know, we believe that this what's needed, that this great reckoning in America and 80 percent of Americans think that the country's spiraling out of control right this minute, which is devastating, a devastating figure. Um, but it, it's times like that that God comes in and says, you know what, there's another way, guys, and, and, and awakening starts. And that's what we're playing for is a, is a American awakening, a spiritual awakening, a better together awakening, first in the church um, and, and then in our nation. Yeah, a reckoning um, or just a wreck. And that's, I think, uh, John, oh, one, right? I mean, we, we are either yeah. just, just headlong, pale male headed toward a disastrous wreck or there's going to be a reckoning and we're going to we're going to come to a critical moment individually and collectively as a people before the Lord. We're going to confess. We're going to repent. We're going we are either going to humble ourselves or we're going to be humiliated. Like I, it, this is, you know, the trajectory that we're on is not good. Most Americans think we're on, you know, the quote unquote wrong, wrong track. And you and I both know that's because the right track is the way and the truth and the life. And he's got a name. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, at some level, it's pretty simple. And then yet I know that as it works itself out in the complexities of our individual lives, certainly in our interpersonal relationships, and then ultimately in the way that we are uh, uh, 
a, a body politic as a people. You know, it is it is complex and it's got lots of parts and pieces, but you're taking us back to where we have to start. And if we don't start at the right place, we're not going to end at the right place. And so it just it's I just deeply appreciate what you're doing. Carmen, that is that I, I want to say that um, that is uh, just observed. That is very well said. Um, and I really appreciate that insight. And, and I'll just say one one more thing. I mean, I, I, I think everything you said is right. But but I think um, the reckoning um, has to start first with, with people of God. We've gotten attached mm-hmm. to political power. We've gotten we, we're no less materialist than anybody else. Um, you know, we, we we've we've lost our, our ability to be salt and light. And, and, and unless we humble ourselves and repent, then, then we will not find the way back. Um, as a, as a as a people of faith and as a country, so the, the words that you just said, I think, are so on point. But they're they're most on point for for the the, the church and, and for folks that are that are already earnestly you know believing in God, but but have gotten caught up in all sorts of things which are not who we actually are as people. Yeah, my husband is fond of saying uh, if. Uh... Uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to see, like, right, a restoration, um, the Word of God has to be restored to its rightful place in the life of every believer if we really want to see the church restored to her rightful place in our common life. And and only then, um, you know, would we collectively as a nation find ourselves rightly restored. So I do think that it does start with the people of faith um, returning conscientiously um, in ways that are very, very significant and to the Word of God and um, to a passion for who he is and the pursuit of his glory and that alone. And um, you're, you're exactly right. That's, um, that's where it all leads, or that's where it all starts in order that it all might lead forward to something that, as you describe, is better together. All right, this is the ongoing campaign for the soul of America. I'm going to encourage people to check it all out at AmericanAwakening.us, including the brand new book, uh, American Awakening. Uh, John Kingston, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll come back. Thank you, Carmen. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks, everybody out there. Keep fighting the good fight. What a delight. We'll be right back. Take everything. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Thanks again for listening to the best of mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio for this Labor Day Monday. We just heard a conversation Carmen had with John Kingston of American Awakening. Now, John is working to help us improve our dialogue in the culture as we engage not only in this election year, but on an ongoing way. We do have copies of his book, by the way, the book American Awakening. If you'd like to win a copy of his book, text the word book, just the word book, B-O-O-K, to 877-933-2484. We'll give you back a link. We'll send that back. Just follow the link. Get your name in the hat for an opportunity to win one of those copies. Again, the number to text is 877-933-2484. 
Remember, these conversations are always available as podcasts for you to listen to later or to share. Just visit Carmen LaBurge's show page at MyFaithRadio.com or check it out on the Faith Radio app. Whether it's our daily live shows or podcasts, remember that Faith Radio is listener supported. When you support us prayerfully and financially, you're standing beside our Faith Radio original shows like Mornings with Carmen LaBurge, Susie Larson Live, Afternoons with Bill Arnold and others. And you also make it possible for us to bring you some of the best national speakers such as Chuck Swindoll as well as Chip Ingram and more. If you're already a giving family member, especially an ongoing monthly giver, thank you. You're like a backbone keeping us strong, keeping Faith Radio and its offerings there for you and for others. And that backbone of support has helped make some remarkable growth possible over the last year. We've added translator communities in places like Mankato, Minnesota, Hutchinson, Minnesota, and Fairmont, Minnesota. Plus, we continue to grow outside our terrestrial stations in the upper Midwest and Hartford, thanks to our website, MyFaithRadio.com, and the Faith Radio app. And more growth opportunities are on the horizon. If you're not a giving family member, consider becoming one next week during our Fall Share fundraiser. Whether it's a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift of $10, $20, $30, dollars a month or more, be part of this growing ministry. Learn more or give now at MyFaithRadio.com or join us next week during our Fall Share. Stay with us. Hour number two of the special Labor Day edition of Mornings with Carmela Birch continues. Some more best of conversations. I'm Paul Perot. Thank you for listening this Labor Day Monday morning to Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.